We have a very exciting show today. We do. We do. We're going to be talking about paranormal experiences Ooh. and UFOs. Okay. But not in the, well, in the general sense, but also in very personal, in through personal experiences. Your personal UFOs. Well, you were also involved in one of those UFO sightings, were you not? <laughs> was very embarrassing. It was well, you totally embarrassed we me. All right. All right. We, All right let's, let's start. Where do you want to start? Well, let's tell that story since we're in the middle of it because we talk about it frequently enough. Okay. Uh, you call it a UFO story. I call it the time that you embarrassed me in the stop and shop <laughs> parking lot. Right. But did you know, can you tell me what those things we saw in the sky were? No, but dad, I frequently can't tell you what things I see are. So I don't. Okay. We're on our way to the studio one day. Yes. And we stop at a local supermarket mm -hmm. to pick up a few things so that we can have beverages and snacks at the studio. Right. And while we're crossing the parking lot, I look up in the sky and I see these two very strange objects mm -hmm. that are moving laterally across the sky at a pretty good clip. And they're not that high up, right? How high up would you say those things were? I don't know. Well, I mean, they weren't as high up as, say, a plane at cruising altitude. Well, didn't you initially think it was like a balloon, but at then... At first, I thought that they, they were balloons that maybe were tied together because they were two structures. Yep. And they were alternating in position. They were moving in the same direction, but one would move out in front of the other and then drop back. And at first, I said, maybe those are balloons that are tied together and that are caught in the wind. Mm -hmm. But the longer we looked at it, the more they seemed not to be balloons and they seemed to be powered somewhat. Okay, so that's the... I just wanted to get my drink and right, go. Right, I was but, not interested in speculating in well, the parking lot. Right, but I was sort of transfixed by this and we stopped and we took we took a look at it. And while we were looking at it... That guy came over. Well, it was first... It was one the, guy. It was one guy. He came over and he said, what are you guys looking at? <laughs> so we told him, we said, well, there's something up in the sky. We just don't know what it is. Right. And he seemed to be equally intrigued by this thing. Yeah, he was into it. Right. And he said, yeah, what is that? Right. Right. And then while we were looking, two women came along. They were on their way into the were they were, store. Were they the ones that pulled over in the car? No, that was the dude. Okay. That was next. later. Right. So okay. they stopped and asked what was going on. And we just said, well, we're looking at this thing up in the sky and we don't know what it is yeah a crowd of people is right. now forming so now a dude pulls up with the car and he was kind of funny because he said what's going on and he stopped the, he <laughs> right. stopped and got out of the car <laughs> right he stopped i said i don't know there's something up in the sky we're all looking at we don't know what it is and i'll never forget he said what like ufos and shit <laughs> i said i don't know so he just got out of the car he left the engine running <laughs> yeah i did and he's standing there so it was about this time as the crowd was starting to get larger i began to feel somewhat responsible you were responsible for creating this thing that was happening in the parking lot and i you got very uncomfortable well yeah i i, I didn't want to be responsible for this thing so at a certain point we sort of drifted away quietly we and we into went the into the supermarket but the guy who got out of the car his opinion was that they were drones but by then, they were pretty far away. I don't he know. He said, I think those are drones. Those are military drones, he was I, telling me. But. I didn't feel too compelled by it. I know you were. Yeah. But, see, so you have to understand, though, I just want to give some context to the listeners, yes. that this was a period of time 
where you were constantly stopping and doing this in parking lots. I was? You did this so many times. Like, every time, remember the old apartment? Alright, but that was How many true. times? That how, was... The, how many times in the old apartment were we trying to go somewhere, we were running late somewhere, and you were standing there staring up into the sky. I th- I, I look at that. What is that? And it's like, alright, you know, enough. Yeah. I want to just go. I didn't realize it was that many times. The one striking thing for me about the old apartment was that day I saw that those two lights mm-hmm. in the sky. Yep. Your other UFO experience. Right. And that was weird. And the thing that I always reflect on about that is that that how many times I cycled in my mind trying to rationalize what I was seeing. Mm -hmm. And uh, just just to explain it, I don't know how interested people are in these things, but I... Was coming out of my apartment. It was a very clear day, and and the sky. I just remember the sky was very blue. It was a beautiful day, a beautiful spring day, and I was looking up in the sky as I often do, and I saw this fixed point of light, and I thought it was very strange that it. You know, I, I stared at it for a while to see if it was moving, and it didn't seem to be moving at all. And my first thought was that maybe it was a planet, because I know sometimes in certain conditions you can see planets during the day. But that's usually in the early morning and late, uh, early evening hours, if I'm not mistaken. You can see Venus pretty early on. Uh, And I wondered if it wasn't something like that. And um, then I thought that it didn't quite look like it was a star or a planet, so I my next guess was that it was a balloon caught in some thermal envelope or something, and it was just stuck there, and it wasn't moving. Mm-hmm. And while I was entertaining that notion, another light appeared immediately to the right of this first light. It grew in intensity to about the same level of intensity. And I found that to be totally weird. And while I watched that happen, and it, 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 it's, it remained next to the first light for a moment, it moved in an arc around the first light, maybe about half of a circle, uh, and then it faded away again. And a few moments later, the first point of light moved suddenly, very quickly, uh, in a very, very straight line across the sky, and it was gone. And I, I'm not saying that those were alien spacecraft. I don't know what they were. That's what you told but me. But I can't, I, I can, have never been able to come up with an explanation that accounts for the behavior of those points of light. Uh, and I, I, my apartment was close to an airport. And so I find it highly improbable that the military would be testing vehicles that close to a busy international airport. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know what that stuff was. But those are the two things that I've personally experienced. Recently, I was listening to a podcast, and there was a uh, Navy pilot named David Freibor, mm-hmm. I believe his name is. And he's one of the pilots who was engaged in that um, contact with that thing that they've described as the Tic Tac I mean, the, the, those videos, those Defense Department videos that were released yep. were of that 
uh, incident, and I find uh, I find that very interesting, and 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 uh, because of the credibility of the of the people involved as the witnesses, uh, have you heard about any of that? Uh, when you were really into you were really into watching TV shows about this stuff, you yeah. had me sit down and watch a bunch of them with you. Right. I don't want to say that I was forced. <laughs> I was but forced. I you? did. You, we had one TV in the house, and you said, "Come sit and watch this." And I wasn't allowed to. I thought you were into that Rendlesham Forest. I mean, I thing. was. I don't know if I was into it to the extent that I really wanted to watch the two-hour History Channel yeah. show about it, but. Yeah. You know, I knew it meant a lot to you. Yeah, thank you. And so I showed up for you. Now, I'm not saying I don't believe in aliens. I do. I just... None of this is that compelling to me. Right. The ghost experiences, oh, I Oh, but the story from the... All right, if you want to discount my personal sighting of the two points of light mm -hmm. as maybe being ocular migraine, yep. because I suffer from ocular migraine, I don't know about... Yeah, well, I don't know. You're calling me up telling me the sky's orange and you can't see out of your left eye, so I don't know. Yeah. You um, haven't set yourself up to be the most reliable source. Right. Most credible <laughs> witness. But you have to admit, that supermarket parking lot story is a good one. Yeah, it is. Right? The fact that well, we it's caused that crowd my... to uh, um, gather and then we left. Yeah. It's my embarrassment. Yeah. All okay, right. so let's get on with the ghosts. Have you had personal experiences? I in have. Okay. Well, but I want... You have had some really interesting experiences with ghosts as well. Well, I grew up in an environment where I guess the idea of uh, the, the presence, the immediate presence of another aspect of reality was, 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 was just accepted. We didn't question that. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was, and in some ways, anyone who grows up with a, with a religion grows up with that, well, I shouldn't say anyone, but, but many people who have religion have that sense of another world or another dimension or another mode of being. Uh, being of uh, growing up in uh, a home of Italian-American ancestry, um, my, I had a grandmother who practiced uh, a, a, a form of um, divination that was uh, brought from Italy. That actually, I learned later, stretched back to antiquity. Uh, so the idea that there was this spiritual realm all around you was just something I grew up with. And I mean, that part of it was at odds with my Christian upbringing. Uh, and uh, in my community, they'd admonish you about that. Uh, so yeah, those aspects of it are real. So when while we're real to me, so I can recount stories of having witnessed things that don't completely make sense uh, while my grandmother was practicing this, uh, the, these rituals. Okay, well, probably the most, the strangest thing that's happened to me in the realm of the visitation of ghosts, things like that, is that I uh, worked for a company that was owned by this particular person who passed away. And... Mr. Sheffield. We'll call him Mr. Sheffield. That's good. That's a good name for him. And Mr. Sheffield was gone when I got there. He had already died. Yeah, he had died about two years before my mm -hmm. arrival at the company. Yep. So he had a real intense experience, personal relationship with the building the company was in. 
he was there often. Which is kind of funny because it's really not wasn't that right, nice of a right, building. Right, but he he was a very troubled person, and I guess he visited local bars and things, and would end up back at the building at all hours. People would find him there in the morning. So anyway, uh, one of the arrangements I was able to make with my employers when I got there was that they allowed me to use unused parts of the building for my studio, right? which was really kind to, of them to, to let that happen. And so I moved some of my stuff in, and I used to go there on nights and weekends. Now, it's kind of, it was kind of a creepy building to begin with. And I, I was working in the basement where I had some power tools. So if you were there in the middle of the night, uh, you, you felt like the presence of this three-story building above you. Right. That was empty. And, uh, yeah, it, it, it could have that feeling. So I was there one day. And it, it, it was a weekend. I was there early in the morning because I got up and I just went and I was doing some work. And I'm in the basement doing my work and I hear the door open on the first floor and I hear footsteps tread across the floor immediately above me mm -hmm. because it's an old building and it's just wooden floors and stuff. And it's really distinct. And at first, I'm alarmed by this. But then I think, okay, well, it must be like one of my coworkers coming in on the weekend to do something. I think, okay, well, they'll come down. But I'm still feeling that bit of uneasiness. So uh, no one comes down, and I don't hear the footsteps anymore. So I, I, I grabbed a uh, pry bar mm -hmm. uh, and went up the stairs just in case I needed to defend myself. And there was nobody there. And I know no one left because I would have heard that. I would have heard somebody exiting. So I hear this, what I think is talking, coming from the second story of the building. So I said, well, what the hell is that? So I go up the stairs, and I'm, I'm like looking around, and I go into this office upstairs, and the there's a television that's on in the office, which was where his office used to be. So I think, man, that's that's really kind of creepy. So I, sh I shut the TV off. And I'm thinking, okay, either I didn't hear that when I first came in or whatever. And I go back and I try to do my work. But I'm kind of just put off enough by all of these things. So I go home and I go to check my email. And there's a piece of spam email about buying office supplies and the sender of the email is Mr. John J. Sheffield, the exact same name uh, as the owner of the company, sent me an email. Yeah, pretty and, spoopy. Yeah, and I, it, was, it was, the whole thing was just like so weird that I, I again, like those points of light in the sky, I I have trouble like explaining all of that away, but it didn't stop me from going. But back. you had several occasions. I where did. You went. Well, that that TV being on uh, happened, and I shut it once when I was there, and I went to leave the building, and it was on again. Now, when I talked to my coworkers about that, they said, "Oh, well, maybe there's, uh, you know, it was activated by a." taxi or signal or radio signal but how often does has that ever happened to you 
that your TV just comes on by itself. I, I, I don't know. It was all a little weird. But don't you think it was an old building? It could have been like faulty electrical? I suppose. I don't know. I, I don't know. But it was, come on, it's creepy. You're there alone. It's no, the middle I wouldn't. of the night. Uh, the, t- y- 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 the TV's on. I wouldn't right? have gone. I wouldn't have done it. I'm open to the possibility that there was some spiritual component to that. I think, yeah. I mean, right. it's definitely possible. Yeah. Well, as I said, uh, I grew up in an environment where that was an accepted aspect of what that spiritual component. What have you experienced? This goes back to Valentine's Day. I did a... Well, so I've believed that there were spirits in my apartment. I've always, I've thought that for a while. Right. Because remember I caught that one in a picture? Yes. That's very weird. I got a yeah. picture of the spirit, like, trying to choke my mom. Yeah. It is a very weird She doesn't picture. think it's... She doesn't, like... There are people that see that and they don't... They're like, oh, whatever, it's just the light. I'm like, mm, yeah, I don't hand. think so. Yeah, it's yeah. a person's face and a hand, hand. coming towards her throat. It's yeah. like that to me, I don't know. I And I'm also like, I, I'm willing to entertain that possibility, but show me in that picture how that light could have created that. Well, also, with uh, in the old days when we were processing pictures with film, you had a lot of anomaly in the processing. Yeah, this was a so cell you could phone. get streaks of light and, and whatever. Uh, so, yeah, t- I, I've looked at that picture a number of times, and it's hard to explain what that is. I guess there are these websites where you can go and find out if people have died in your home. You have to pay to look at it, and I just don't care enough that I want to spend money. Given the age of that building, I'd say But, it's yeah, it's likely. a pretty old building, so it's definitely possible. Well, and then there's also the question of, like, did they have to die in my unit, or could they have died in a different... Yeah, I don't Unit, know. and then the ghosts kind of, like, go between. Right. I don't know. Anyway, whatever. I had these balloons, so I set this romantic thing up for, you know, the guy I'm with for Valentine's Day. And part of that was I got flowers and balloons and, you know, made a whole romantic thing. Right. Um, so after the fact, like, weeks after, I still had the balloons because they stayed inflated surprisingly long. They I mean, do now. Well, I got these at the dollar store. Yeah, but I think that Mylar stuff is... I don't know, but anyway. So, they started to freak me out, though. So, they were in my room. Yeah. And it started to freak me out because, you know, I I would... Like, a couple nights, I was trying to go to sleep, or I was in my room, and I heard this kind of funny noise. Yeah. And so, I was like, well, what is that? Because I don't have air conditioning or anything running it's there shouldn't what's the noise it's i notice that it's this balloon yeah and the balloon is moving in this really strange fashion and there's like one other one that's kind of doing it but the rest of them because there were five balloons in total yeah so one of them is kind of violently moving another one's kind of doing something similar but not to the same extent Right. And then the other ones are just completely still. Right. And that to me... And they're all in the same space. And they're all like in the same... Right. And that right. they're all like together. And so, I don't know, when I've asked people about it, they're like, oh, it's just the wind or, or like air circulating in your house. But my response to that is, well, okay, but then why is it not happening to all of them? Right. Why is it only one? And the other thing was, multiple times this happened, it was always the same balloon one of the balloons, it was always the same one that did the most loud, violent movements. Yeah. So, 
said, okay, freaky. I don't know. It just really scared me. And I had told a lot of people about this. And a lot of, I actually videotaped it. I sent the tape out. And so a bunch of my friends were like, took it really seriously. They were like, oh my gosh, where did you get those? Did you buy anything from a thrift store recently where you could have brought like spirits into your home? Right. You should try to cleanse it, all this stuff. Right. And I'm like, I, I don't know. And then other people thought I was being ridiculous, that right. I was just so stupid. The balloons made sense to me in terms of paranormal activity. And maybe I'm going off of not a real source, but after watching hundreds of hours of ghost hunters with you, yeah. One we of the things we were, we were really yeah. into ghost hunters. But one of the things that they said was that you know ghosts are made up of energy, and that for them to make kind of contact or, or give us signs of their presence, it's going to be something subtle. It's going to expend a lot of energy for them. Right. So that would make sense to me though if they were choosing balloons because there's not much energy required to move a balloon. Right. One would think not. I don't know. I'm telling you though, this was it was like audible the noise. It was, you could hear it, of yeah. the balloon smacking the ceiling because it would just go up in this really aggressive thing. So anyway, so my solution to it, I was like, I'm going to move the balloons out of my bedroom. Right. Because I don't know what I'm going to do with them, but I can't have this going on while I'm trying to sleep. I can't deal with it. A couple days pass. If the ghosts are messing with the balloons, I'm not seeing it. Right. Um, there was one evening where my roommate told me <laughs> that she went to uh put a jacket away in the coat closet and that one one balloon like <laughs> came out of it and wrapped itself around her neck wow. now i don't know realistically if that i don't i wasn't there for that so i can't speak to that event but whatever so they're out there i feel like they're sinister well now they seem sinister i don't know so I'm hanging out, and again, the guy that I'm dating comes over, and we're cooking, and then we went and we did a puzzle, and then he said, okay, you know, I'm, I have to go home because I have to get on this work call thing, and I said, okay. So I drove him home. I come back to my house. I'm, like, exhausted. I go into my room. I just turn the lights out, and I'm, like, sleeping in bed. And it's, like, 3 in the morning. I get woken up by this noise. Mm -hmm. And I didn't even turn the light on. I actually had a flashlight from my phone. <laughs> That's even worse. And I used the flashlight on my phone. And not only was the it the balloon, but it was the balloon that had been doing all of the yeah, aggressive the, thing. It was right, like the, the most balloon. intense yeah. balloon. I lost it. Yeah. So now it's 3.30 in the morning. I'm scared out of my mind. I'm thinking like, I cannot sleep in this room. Yeah. I'm, I'm, it, can't, it moved from the foyer into my bedroom. Yeah. I gather my blankets, my pillow, and I'm thinking I'm gonna go sleep on the, my roommate's floor. I go into her room, she's asleep because she has to work. I'm like in a panic and she's like, what is going on? What's wrong with you? I was like, I, I'm sorry. Like, I know you think I'm crazy. I just like, I need to sleep on your floor or something. I can't sleep in my room. And she's like, well, what's happening? And I said, the balloon, it moved from the living room into my room. And then she said, oh, your boyfriend did that. Oh. And I was like, what? See, now that might be the water. And then yeah. she said, yeah, I thought it was kind of weird. I'm like, why didn't you say anything? So I call him. It's now 4 a.m. For whatever reason, he is awake enough to answer the phone. And yeah, I yelled at him. 
So what's your assessment of the story? Because he kind of debunked it by doing the thing deliberately with the balloon, but there were other aspects of the story that had nothing to do with him. Well, so, he debunked it as far as that balloon did not move into the from room. the hallway into my bedroom, right. which makes me feel better. Because then I was then able to sleep right. in my bedroom and relax. Now, However, though, he didn't cause the balloons to do that violent motion against the ceiling so why would you have been tempted to just destroy the balloon well I, so i ended up doing that okay later did you feel like maybe that was going to bring some wrath well i didn't know because that's what the roommate said yeah she said i, I don't know if you should be doing that because i took stuff and i stabbed them and they were yeah. heart-shaped balloons too. oh wow and i really this is like, like getting <laughs> this whole symbolic thing well i felt like i had so to you're kill stabbing them the heart I felt like they balloons. were like demons. I don't know. Yeah. They were like possessed balloons. balloons. But I was yeah. a little worried because obviously the ghost had fun playing with the balloons. And right. here I was taking the toys right. away. So what are they going to do for entertainment next? Right. And in a, in a very symbolic way, if they were there, you sort of stab them right in the heart. It's like <laughs> really... Well, listen, if it makes you feel better. Yeah. I brought in more balloons from Mother's Day. Did they and play with those? I don't know because yeah. they're not in my room. Yeah. Uh, but after Mother's Day, I had these like flower floral shaped balloons I got at the dollar store. Yeah. Well, I don't know what to make of a lot of it. I, I, I know I, that a lot of explanation has been offered as to why we believe that people persist after they're dead. I mean, some of it makes sense in terms of logical explanations. Like I read in this book once that uh, that was dealing with these situations that we are trained to because of threat detection to activate the environment and I understand this because I've been hiking sometimes alone and you'll hear like a uh, just a branch break or something and fall to the ground or just hear any random noise and immediately if you're alone yeah and you're you, you're miles away from anyone and you're on a mountain or something um, you'll immediately become active activate you know your threat well, detection will activate yeah. but you'll animate the, the, the surroundings, they right. be, it becomes very animated, like there's something out there that's alive that is a potential threat, even when it isn't. Right. Uh, and it takes a while. I used to notice that when I was hiking alone. It would take you a while to like get out of that mode and revert back to a relaxed mode. It's like you're walking and suddenly it's, you're, you're, you're thinking about all of the possible threat that's around you that everything like suddenly becomes very enlivened uh and this person was arguing that that is so innate and instilled in us that we readily activate our surroundings and 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 enliven them and sort of the balloons became that for you just in a way like that television set coming on. Yeah. In a purely mechanistic explanation, of but see, course, I believe there's a in reason that. that TV popped on that could be explained with radio frequency activating the cable box or... But maybe the ghost just turned the TV on. Right, but that's the other thing. But when you're in that situation... How difficult was the TV to turn on? Right, it's analogous, though, to being alone in the woods and hearing the noise and assuming that there's a living creature there. It's it, it's analogous because that you're alone in that building, the TV comes on, there's something alive or there's some agency that put that TV on. And that those explanations uh, make sense to me in the abstract, but when you're in the middle of the situation, uh, it feels it does feel real, and some of those things are hard to explain. But I also think that I've sort of sensed that in non-panicked 
uh, situations. For example, um, if we subscribe to the idea that ghosts carry our, you know, our energy, that they're forms of energy, and that people have energy, right? right? I think sometimes with living people, you have people that are in a car with you or in a room with you, and then they leave. Sometimes you feel this, like, remnant of energy. I've had that before. I'm, like, driving someone home, and then they get out of the car, and then I'm driving by myself. But weirdly for me, it feels like that person is still in that car with me. I feel this presence. Right. Now, maybe I sound crazy. I don't know. I'm no, speculating. No, I don't think that. I think a lot of people would agree with you, and, they, and they, they would express similar feelings. And I think that's the part of it that is compelling. Don't you feel energies? And, like, can't you, if people have some if someone is angry or something even before you talk to the person or recognize that they're angry can't you feel something in the right. air is off right. i used to have that in college sometimes because you know there were situations in one of my living arrangements where people used to fight and i would walk there and even before i even talked to anybody i kind of knew when things were bad because i just there was this very heavy intense feeling in the air so I don't know. I believe I believe in that sort of stuff. I also don't think that it makes sense that people just die. I don't know. That doesn't make sense to me. It's like there's so much that goes into the individuality of people that the idea that you would just die and then that's all gone doesn't that doesn't really make all that much sense to me. Right. I mean, it's very hard instances of personal loss to come to terms with that presence and then the absence. I mean, cosmologically, in those terms, um, I take a lot of comfort when I think about the interconnectedness of everything and the persistence of everything. I believe that there's nothing that, that truly passes away, and we've talked about this before, that there's a, there's a persistence because it's all part of one structure that is, that is always there. Your ability to perceive any given part of the structure at any given time is limited by the limits of your perception. Um, but all of that, everything you've done in the past, uh, all, all of those things are, are, are pieces of this structure that just keeps on growing. And it's there. You can't get to it. So we feel that it's gone. But nothing's ever truly gone. We say they're gone. It, it, it's, you, you, can't, you cannot perceive them anymore. But that doesn't mean that, that they're, gone. they're truly gone. They're still embedded in 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 the total the totality of the system because nothing can ever be discarded now just so we cover all of our paranormal bases yes. here yeah do you have any feelings about the yeti um i'm not sure about your time of the himalayan version of you know bigfoot, bigfoot. well no but the yeti is the is the Big okay, right, in the Himalayas, right. But right. you know what I mean, the general concept of a large human-like furry creature running around in the woods. Where, where are you on that? Well, as I've said... Because you used uh, to watch Finding Bigfoot, didn't right, you? Right, we've talked about that in, in an earlier podcast. And, and as I said in, in that podcast, I, I think that for you to see, for you to make an appearance mm-hmm. anywhere, let's talk about you, number one daughter. Okay. You're going to appear somewhere. Right. To a group of hikers yeah. uh, in the Pacific Northwest. Uh-huh. You're going to show up. Okay. <laughs> How many people did your presence presuppose? Your mom, your dad, mm-hmm. their parents, mm-hmm. 
it's highly unlikely that all of those people do not have siblings, at least one So you're sibling. saying there's not one Bigfoot? Well, I mean, for you to appear. Okay. There are many people. There's a community that would have to exist for you to show up. Okay. Right. But what if I'm just like a freak um, uh, evolution? Like a one-time thing. Just one. Yeah, like what if I'm just a mutation? Oh, you're a mutation of another community. You, so you meet, mutated, you're an offshoot of another community. Yeah, but like on and, the but you're singular the only one. Well, on that the would be an mutation. explanation, yes. Yes, that but the thing that doesn't make sense is that all the, how many um, sightings there have been in a variety of locations. Right. That's the part of it that doesn't make that much sense. Right, so you're how saying, would you, right. you would have to have one being and it's just going all over the right. place. Right, that discounts your explanation and... but. But also would discount mine because now you're saying if you're having thousands of sightings, then that is proof of a community of thousands. <laughs> right? But then if they're that many, you'd see more of them. Well, one would think, and one would, one would think, given the encroachment of civilization in all of these areas, that there would be some spillover. Mm -hmm. uh, but if I suppose if you're dealing with extremely intelligent creatures, uh, beings who could evade detection. That, that they they may be able to yeah. remain hidden? Well, I've had mice in my house, and they can evade the mouse traps. Right, well, that's so, true. That's I don't true. know. Right, so if they, if they truly did not want to be found, and they were smart enough, maybe they could evade detection in broad enough geographical areas. Yeah. Now, I've seen those footprints in the Himalayas. They were photographed. Again, it was, very, it was a credible sighting. These were mountaineers uh, who were uh, hiking near, I think, on Everest. And at some ungodly altitude, they came across uh, large footprints through the snow. And they, they look like the typical big footprints that you see. And they measured them, and you can see their uh, um, hiking, uh, uh, climbing axes on the ground next to them. They put them down for scale. And, uh, yeah, I mean, those are credible. And that, but then someone came on and said, oh, those could have been just a... Uh, Publicity stunt? No, it could have been another hiker's footprints that degraded, you know, that melted out in the sunlight and got bigger. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. I'm just going to quote uh, Shakespeare. Go for it. Uh, in Hamlet. Okay. There are more things in heaven and earth, Horatio, than are dreamt of in your philosophy. That's a wise caution. There are many things we cannot explain, like the fact that it's raining now, but there are no clouds in the sky. <laughs> oh, wait, there it is. There's a dark cloud immediately over the studio. <laughs> That's just very weird because the sky seems to be blue and it's raining. Um, okay, well, okay. There, there we go. There was a message. Uh, that was a message right for there. us. All right, well, at some point, though, not in this podcast, but at some point I'd like to talk about other childhood experiences I had. Uh, in my home, uh, because my grandmother practiced an ancient Italian uh, uh, form of divination uh, that is commonly referred to as malocchio. You have had a lot of paranormal experiences happen to you. I and have. I know that some of them are deeply personal, and you probably don't want to share, and I respect that, so you don't have to. But I do think that knowing you, being your daughter, and hearing you describe some experiences that you've had throughout your whole life. I I think that's compelling. I think there's so much about life that we don't understand 
that you can't really discount anything. You can't really say, oh, there are no aliens or, oh, there are no ghosts. Because when you think about it, like, what do we know? Right. What do we really, really right. know about the universe? It's very limited. Right. You have to, you have to be open and you have to listen when people are expressing their experiences and talking to you about how their, and their interpretation of the experiences. I'm always fascinated by that because there's, there's, I think there's an impulse to discount things or explain things away, but it's, it's fascinating to listen to people explain what they think they experienced or, or how they interpreted uh, these things. And it's true. At the age of 60, I feel like I know very little. Which is saying something, because I feel like you know a lot. <laughs> right, I, but I, 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 it's true. Like I've read a lot of books, and I can talk about a lot, maybe a lot, a lot of things, but uh, just very basic aspects about life and what it means, uh, and and how all of this works. Uh, it's it's easy to not think about it and just go through focused on the tasks of the day and whatever. But uh, it's there's a lot of it that is inexplicable. I wouldn't shut down anyone uh, who's trying to relate an experience like that. As always, uh, if people have experiences of their own they want to relate to us, we're always open to listen yeah, to those Yeah, sure. Things. Tell us what happened. Great. Tell us anything. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm open. I want to hear what the people have to say. Yeah. If you would like to reach out to us and share <clears throat> an experience that you've had, uh, you can do so over Instagram message. Our Instagram account is number one art dad, or feel free to send us an email. Our email is number one art dad at gmail.com. That's uh, all spelled out N U M B E R O N E A R T D A D at gmail.com. And uh, we'd love to hear from you guys. Otherwise, we will have a follow up to this podcast really soon. Thanks. Bye.